You're listening to Big Girl Money. I'm Wendy Hall Poling, a been in the trenches, extroverted engineer and tech executive. And I'm Ronnie Bergner, a millennial new to the corporate world. And this is Big Girl Money, the podcast for working women. We're sharing our wisdom in a fun and insightful way to inspire you to thrive wherever you find yourself. And of course, it's not only about getting that big girl money, but what you do with it. Thanks for listening. We're like one take bitches now. We one take bitches. That's right. I love it. I actually probably shouldn't have said that because now everything will take us two takes. Oh, I know you jinxed us. I know. Knock on wood. All right. Wendy and I are the luckiest women in the whole entire world. Yes. Because our loved ones planned a surprise celebration party for Big Girl Money winning our podcast award. And it was the best party ever. It was. And I got the invite to it for date night through a Microsoft meeting invite. <laughs> That's how I got mine. From Chris? Yes. And oh. it was like, oh, lucky he's playing something special and he goes i said where are we going how should i dress and he goes it's a surprise and then as it got closer he said but we may be going with friends <laughs> and then as it got closer he said it's ronnie and parker Aww. i and know parker's so cute planning that whole thing oh i love you parker i know and it's so nice and chris you went along in such a great big way i love you too <laughs> <laughs> no really who we should be thinking is your potential future in-laws yes carrie <laughs> parker's mom and dad carrie I know. apparently the whole thing was carrie's carrie idea. and eric no eric's my dad whoopsie <laughs> carrie and, and todd. todd yes and they we we have to drive over there to drop moxie off that it, was the story that was a story and they said you want to come in and see the house because they had just redone it, and mm-hmm. it was gorgeous. And we walk in, and everybody goes, surprise! Yeah, and so it was, was so really- funny, because we got there, and I'm like, why are you guys so dressed up? Like, Todd <laughs> was all dressed up. Usually, he's, like, working on some project on the weekend. So I was like, what's going on here? And then Carrie's like, well, we knew you guys were coming over. And I was like, hmm. I said the same thing. Like, did you dress up just to keep Moxie? That's crazy, right? <laughs> I mean, is this how you always just... Look? Well, that's how Carrie always looks. Carrie's oh, really? Just, yes, she's always looks so beautiful. She's oh, always cool. so put together. But Todd, on the other hand, he's usually <laughs> in his work clothes. <laughs> well, and it was so so sweet because um, we got cards and mm-hmm. and she had made a little uh, stand up sign of our logo. Yes, and, and the big old money menu. Oh was, yeah, the bigger money so, menu. It was so cute, and then we got to play games at the end of the night. Oh my god, I know. So, I love playing games with you guys. It was so much fun. Chris gets really into game. He night. totally does, but Parker does too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, Carrie and Parker and Chris and Todd and everybody that came. Exactly. It was so nice, and because even Terry Diamond was there, who who introduced us, yes. right, the first time we met. And I'm glad we actually celebrated because I feel like we're so busy with. You know, we always have something that we got to do for the podcast. So it was nice to get together and just celebrate instead of working. I agree. So we're lucky to have Moxie here again yeah. tonight. <laughs> yes. Our steady guest. The fastest chewing chew stick person in the world. Yes. Dog in the world. I know. Sure. He went. I brought two bully sticks. I was like, this has got to keep her entertained throughout our recording session. And you no, know, she blew through those. And Chris took her on a walk. Yes, but the funniest was you calling me this morning and telling me how tough your life was. 
because Parker's out of town and you're a single mom. Okay, I did not say that. You said that. Honey, that's how you were acting. It's just so much work to get everything done and to just be the only one. I don't know how I do it. <laughs> well, that's how I was feeling. I know. I'm so I, tired. I feel terrible for making fun of you. It's okay. But it was just so funny because all I, I just could had think a lot was, of stuff this week. Wait till it's a, bad a human baby. Oh, I know. Because I, I know you're going to have one. I know. And I can't wait to hear it then. <laughs> How do people do this, Wendy? How do they have a job? I and hope they, when uh, I have a human baby, this is my only job. Ooh, I like and it. And I don't have a full-time real job, this job, and a human baby. <laughs> That's too much. What? I can already tell. Yes. Well, I called Parker and I was like, if you're... Leaving me so that I'll appreciate you more. It's working. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, it kind of hurt my feelings last week. I hurt your feelings? Yep. From- well, how? When I, you know how emotional I am right now with the whole cancer drugs. Yes. And when I started crying because of the surprise <laughs> party and you kept saying, pull it together, Wendy. <laughs> just teasing it still hurt my feelings oh i thought it was cute you cried at the party and i wanted you to cry too i can't cry if you're gonna cry really no if you're gonna cry i'm instantly gonna switch into what's going on i need to fix this but you do realize you've never cried in front of me except on the phone really yeah you oh. cried when you had the job at the company not to be named voldemort <laughs> yes voldemort uh incorporated but you've never cried i don't remember you crying in front of me i don't think i have what i think i said oh you know what i said at the party what you're dead inside oh yeah (laughs) so yeah so let's talk about hurtful things being said i say pull it together and you say what's wrong with you you're dead inside (laughs) well it's kind of funny olivia was like did you, ha- were you happy at the party? And I was like, yeah, of course. And she was like, well, you didn't cry and you always cry at that stuff. And I was like, well, if Wendy starts crying, that instantly triggers in me that I need to not be crying. And then <laughs> Olivia goes, that's exactly what mom said. So <gasps> that's pretty cool. My mom knew. And they just treated me like family. It was so sweet. You are family. Well, thank you. All right. So on today's episode, we have all sorts of fun stuff as usual. Yes. We have a perplexing Younger listener encountering her first, in quotes, me too moment. Yes. In Ask Wendy, right? In Ask Wendy. Yes. So. Yes. I heard about that. Start thinking about that. Yes. I heard. (laughs) I heard it's coming. It's coming. We had an amazing interview with Tanya Ennis, Professor Ennis, who is the director of the Bold Center, the University of Colorado Boulder. And she is an inclusivity innovator and is just doing such awesome things to get more diversity in tech. And after that, we will have our big girl faux pas read by the one and only Chris. Yes. The third host of this podcast. (laughs) And our big girl spotlight is what we will use to close out the episode. So thank you for listening. Cue our catchy music. Let's get down to business. Da, 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 da. You are going to set up the Ask Wendy, right, Ronnie? Right, This Wendy? is your job. This or do you want to do you want to switch and I'll do it and you answer it? No. Oh, shoot. 
I only got like a year and a half of experience. Okay. I feel like the one with 30 years should be the main. But I'll chime in, you know. Okay, I like it. I have opinions. Okay, let me hear it. All right, it's from Sharon. Dear Ronnie and Wendy, she says, I'm at a local university and I love your podcast. Thank you, Sharon. Something happened today that really threw me off my game. I'm not sure if it really hasn't happened before if I'm just observant after listening to your podcast. Ooh, I like that. Maybe we opened your eyes, Sharon. (laughs) I walked into my ethics professor's office to ask a question, and he walked up way too close to me, flicked up my shirt, and said, what happened to your shirt? Did a tiger rip it up? Why don't you get some real clothes? Ew. Okay. Ethics professor my ass. (laughs) I had cut off my long, extra large sweatshirt to make it hit at my belt. He even knew my name, which was weird since we never talked before. Do you know what she's talking about? The trend where like, I I have one of these. So it's a sweatshirt and then it's like cut a little bit below your boobs kind of. Oh, okay. And you wear it with like high-waisted jeans or leggings. Yeah. Kind of like cute, stylish. I wish I could pull that off. You could. You have like the best tummy ever. I think I just threw up in my own mouth because I can't see myself doing it. <laughs> well, your tummy's not actually showing because you're like high waisted. We noticed? should have big girl money cropped hoodies. <gasps> that would be so cute. Okay. And then something for the 50 year olds too. Okay. That don't want to think they're trying to be 30. Okay. <laughs> okay, fine. I just wanted to make sure that you had in your head what our girl Sharon was rocking. Okay. So do you got I'm it? I'm liking it. Yeah. Okay. Sharon's, she, and Sharon's hopefully um, at this point not showing a lot of midriff, but maybe I'm being a little too prudish. I'm sorry. You know, I feel like when you're a student, you're not even really worried about what you're wearing. You okay. I like just that. put on like a cropped hoodie and leggings is really comfortable. Yeah. I and feel if like you... it's a casual outfit for going to class. Good, good. Okay. Anyways, um, we digress, Sharon. Yes, we did, Sharon. Bless your heart. <laughs> she said, I struggled with how to reply and joked nervously, there's no tigers in Montana, only bobcats. Uh, All right. Okay. We went on to talk about a question I had about an assignment, and he was extremely unhelpful. He also told me the draft of my most recent paper would get a D if he graded it at this stage. I'm worried not only about dealing with this professor, but also the grade in the class. We only have three girls out of 40 in our class and only four total girls in our major. Aye, aye, aye. This is a dismal. Ugh. I've got three classes I'll have to have with him over the next two years. Oh, my God. It's getting worse. So I'm worried <laughs> about reporting him since it seems he's got all the power. It seems a general rule should be that male professors never touch their females in their class. I kind of have to agree with you, Sharon. <laughs> what should I do? Thanks, Sharon. Oh, Sharon, I'm so <sighs> sorry. It sounds so well. Icky. You just I'm wish just, you wish she only had one class with him, yes, right? right? Right. And she right. could get out of it. Yeah. And the problem is, how is it going to be after this? Yeah. Right. He sounds like an asshole and a half. Yeah. And this is a sad truth. The more this happens to you, the less it's going to shock you. And I hate that that is the case. So, Sharon, the most important thing you could do is actually confront him. Maybe not in the moment, but even later. Uh-huh. And, Ronnie, I'd love to hear how you would do it because you're really good at these things. How would you confront him? front him well the first thing i would say is i've been in these situations before where something uncomfortable has happened and i've made a joke to kind of laugh it off yes and then that made me feel like 
I couldn't go back and say something later yes. because I made a joke. So how can Ooh. you make a joke about it and, and then, then go be back serious and, and then be serious later? And that's just total bullshit in my opinion. Like let that go. Yeah. Just because don't beat yourself up for making a joke in the moment because that's a natural reflex everybody has. It's when like you're a nervous response. Exactly. It's still totally okay to go back and let somebody know that something made you uncomfortable even though you made it. I love that you said that. And the way I would say it is I had a couple days to think about our interaction at office hours or whatever it was. And when you flipped up my shirt and made that joke about a tiger eating it, I know I laughed it off in the moment, but it's because I was actually really uncomfortable. And I really felt like I needed to share that with you because you're going to be my professor for a long time, and I'm really excited to learn from you and be in your class, and I would just hate if I never told you that it, it made me feel that way. Right, and I, and I felt uncomfortable and with I, you for him, from here on out. Yeah. Now, case A, he says, oh, my God, I am so sorry. I was just trying to be funny. I'm like, I get nervous with new students, and I was just trying to make a joke. Yes. Whatever, and I'm so sorry I made you feel that way. I did not mean that at all. Yep. That's great. Case A, woo, woo. We have a win. We, yes, we have a win. <laughs> exactly. Case B, he kind of rolls his eyes at you or says you're taking too this too personally. Or you women, everything's a big <sighs> deal now. Ooh, and or, the me too thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's case B. Okay. That's bad. Yes. So <laughs> if case B happens, yes. Then we think you should report it to whatever thing at your organization school you can report so it to. So a student success. I mean, just just check it out. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to figure out who. Yes, you and, will. And you make such a good point of this in other situations. If you're the first one that talks about something, mm-hmm. if you're the only, you may be the only one. Everybody else says somebody else will report it. Oh, if it's happening to other people. Yeah. Yeah. You want to at least be one voice. Yes. Around this. Right? Another really important thing to remember is just because you report something to HR or whatever the organization is doesn't mean they have to get involved. Exactly. So if you are if you just want this on the, record. on the record in case it happens again, but you don't want them getting involved because you don't want to risk your professor hating your guts for the next two years, go report it. Ask them not to get involved and they won't. Because this isn't egregious enough that they would ignore your request and exactly. get involved. And then it'll be on the record. And yes. You'll be so happy you have it later if this relationship ends up still being rocky. I agree. And document it as soon as it happens, mm-hmm. even on your phone and your, no- uh, your notes app. Mm-hmm. Because the longer that you wait, the less you're going to remember from it. Yes. And it may seem kind of like you don't want to think about it but treat it as a way to process the information by just writing it out. Yeah. It kind of allows you to be a third person and not let it sink in as much for some reason. And then definitely talk to the other women Mm -hmm. and say, Hey, how do you like working with uh, this ethics professor? Mm -hmm. What do you, have you been in in his office hours and, and just open the door. Yeah. Right. You might, they might be like, yeah, that guy's a creep. And then you can, realize you got a major situation here in which case write us back and we'll give you a roadmap for that that's for sure (laughs) other thing i would say that i just thought of is how he said like the draft of your most recent paper would get a d if he graded it at this stage and things like that i mean if he's 
only being that harsh on the women, that's one thing. But honestly, when you're studying engineering, you're going to have professors that just say horrible things like yes. that. Like there are yeah. crotchety, old, grumpy professors that are just assholes. Yeah. And I hate to say it, but sometimes you have to just deal with it. And with that part, not it, with the uncomfortable it part. It could also but. be the fact that he said that after he kind of made a a pass at you uh-huh. and you responded with a joke mm-hmm. and now he's retaliating against you. Oh. So I'm just saying in this situation, uh-huh. we've talked about this. He may be an asshole like this with all the students, mm-hmm. but he also might be retaliating against you because he didn't like how you responded to his advance. Right. We'll have to see. But definitely, if you're feeling brave enough, it would be so great if you said something. Sharon, God bless you, because this is tough. But if you don't feel comfortable, totally understand, because I don't know if after that I would want to be in the same room alone with that guy. Exactly. And you shouldn't have to feel that way. And then, in front of no. any of your professors. No, you shouldn't at all. And or, I do agree with your general rule that male professors should not touch their female students. Ever. Or any of their students. Ever. Like, why? <laughs> Ever. Don't hug people. Don't hug girls. I know. Why? Don't put your hand on you their shoulder. You don't Ever. need physical touch to have a good professor-student relationship. Exactly. Because it I mean, can be misinterpreted. You've had the professor for years and you become close and they're your favorite professor and you hug them at graduation. Yes. That's one yes. thing. But the first time you go to office hours with a t- professor does not need to be touching you. But I've never, I'll never forget, I worked with my, um, at Servion, the Indian company, I worked with my head of systems engineering, mm-hmm. so they would do all of the proposals for us for our sales team, and so we were peers. Mm-hmm. And I finally meet the guy. He comes over, um, and we're at some kind of big team, all company meeting. Mm-hmm. And I finally meet him, and I tried to hug him. <laughs> and he put his cheek the same way I put mine. Oh my so- god! So you looked <laughs> like you were doing the tango. Yes. <laughs> And it was so uncomfortable. And I just regretted it so much. And oh. I looked at him and I went, I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. It gosh. just feels like I know you and I'm so excited to meet you. And I will never touch your face again. Oh, my God. You know, God. I didn't say that last time. I wish part, I had footage of that. Oh, it was that awful. It was, I, still, I still cringe today <laughs> talking about this story. So, All right. Let us know how that goes, Sharon. We're so sorry you have to deal with that. But hopefully that helps. Um, next, let's get into our amazing interview with Professor Ennis. Yes, and please tell us a little bit about Professor Ennis and introduce um, her to our listeners. Okay, so Tanya Ennis uh, started out her career as an engineer at AT&T, just like you. You guys were actually at the same place. It's so weird, isn't it? Um, yeah. Ended up going into teaching and then had this really cool gig that she did for a decade at CU as the director of the gold shirt program, which is like red shirting for athletics, but it's for engineers. Yes. And then after she kicked ass at that and a bunch of other universities started implementing it, she's recently been promoted to the director of the Broadening Opportunity Through Leadership and Diversity Center at CU. A job she's perfect for. Yes, seriously. So let's play the interview. Not, I'm actually 
really loud. You want me to use my big girl voice? Yeah. For our big girl money podcast. A lot of it. A lot of it I can think of. I like it. I like it. Okay. We know Professor Ennis, who's the new director of the Bold Center, broadening opportunity through leadership and diversity. Congrats. CU School of Engineering. Because that's where I went. Go Buffs. (laughs) Go Buffs. Thank you. Yes. Yes. And you guys actually have a lot more in common than I realize. You're both from the South. Yes. And you both both were at AT and T for a while. We were. Yeah. I saw we that. Were. I saw that. What you, when when were you there? Um, nineteen eighty nine through nineteen ninety two. And I was eighty five to ninety four. Here. Yeah, up, up at 120th. 120th. Yes. What did you do? <laughs> oh, my god! I waited to say this on air because I know you guys would be surprised. Oh, my god! <laughs> yes, I, I worked on System 75. No way. I was in Definity. It, it was where we were taking Definity to IP. Okay. So, and you you must have worked with so many people at, back in New Jersey. That's where most of the System 75 folks were, we, right? We did admin Okay. And then I worked on, they separated, there was a new group that started called the DAX. Remember the DAX yes, 6? Yes, I, I worked in DAX 6. What? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> What's there? W- Wendy, it was Wendy Hall Bowling. That I is funny. I thought your name looked familiar. That is so crazy. I you guys are calling. That's so I was, crazy. <laughs> I was right out of college. Oh my gosh. And I started working, I think Dave Bauer was my boss. Yes. I know Dave Bauer. Yes. Yes. yes Man, it's yes. a small world. It is a small world. Well, we yeah. are so tickled to have you <laughs> because this, I mean, you're so perfect for our podcast around, especially women in tech and what the Bowl Center stands for is to really build community, right? Yeah. Around those engineering women. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not only women. Women um, are a part of the demographic that we focus on, but we also look for all demographics of people who are underrepresented in engineering. I love and, it. Yeah, and when you think about it, engineering is largely dominated by white males. Oh, totally. Right? And it, the culture is that. And so others who come in and um, want to be engineers, you know, kind of trying to fit into uh, a space that may not necessarily be designed for them mm-hmm. is kind of challenging. And so in the Bold Center, what we try to do is help students navigate um, their higher education experience mm-hmm. in engineering so that it's enjoyable and that they grow and they develop and learn in their identity development. And then when I say identity development, it's not just as an engineer. We want them to be the best at whatever they want to be, right? Yeah. Like my friend Christina, right? Yeah. She wanted to be rugby. Tore her ACL a couple of times. <laughs> wow. Three times. Like, yep. Do you think you need to stop playing rugby? Yeah. She's like, I just love it. <laughs> okay, well, woman engineer who plays rugby with the guys. And, yes. Um, loving, kind, and was a mentor and just you know really worked to make sure the program thrived, that people mm. felt like they belonged. Um, that it was a safe. It's a safe space for st- people. We celebrate success. Uh, we just. Um, want to do that we also want to look at like where where in our college are we having um our students are having difficulty and why and trying to remove the barriers and help students work around that mm-hmm. um yeah. because engineering's hard i mean it is it is hard it wears on you it's it's you can do it anybody can do engineering right mm-hmm. and if someone is courageous enough to come to the university to study engineering we should be doing everything in our power to make sure that they're successful and having a great experience. Mm-hmm. And so 
that's what we do in bold is that um, we're trying to be uh, the human touch mm-hmm. and, you know, try to change this face of engineering that has been, you know, largely stereotyped as a Young, white man thing. Yeah. Wearing a hoodie. <laughs> Wearing a hoodie. <laughs> that's what I, I would show up and it'd be everyone else would have it be white guys with hoodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like the developer look. Shorts, mm-hmm, right. flip flops and hoodies. Chacos if you're in and, Boulder. And I was all about <laughs> I wanna look snazzy. I just wanted to be different than that mm-hmm. and still be great, you know? Yeah. Well coming from the south and come then moving to Denver was definitely culture shock. Did you come right from Louisiana? I did. Wow. And I went to a historical black university. Wow. Um and so it's it's a very different culture, you know. I mean, I went to work in dresses and pantyhose and yes. shoes. And I remember one day I had on a, a hot pink dress and it was <laughs> it was below my knees and I had on these cute little leather flats and you know, my little jewelry and my makeup. <laughs> and I was clearly out of place, right? Yeah. Um, but I I didn't care. I'm like, this is who I am. Yeah. And this is what I want to wear. Um, and this makes me feel comfortable and it makes me feel confident. And yes. that's what really matters. Yes. That's what matters. Um, but then you, you know, you can butt heads with oh, folks yeah. who don't agree with that. Right? Oh, I agree. You know? So, uh, I had my, my times and my interactions with people who would doubt me and doubt my ability and tell me what I wasn't and what I couldn't do. And that, that could, you know, create a lot of fatigue Oh, it does. having to go to work every day and, and be confronted with doubt yeah so um that was challenging how did you maintain your confidence through all that when you feel like you have to prove yourself every day so okay uh you had to know my my my, uh, father okay tell us about it okay my dad um he had 12 daughters oh my gosh three sons okay so me yeah so my mom and dad were married 67 years before he passed away and he told us we could do anything we want to do my mother didn't take any mess from us they were very strict about school they knew what happened at school before we got home because they knew all of the teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they <laughs> couldn't get away with anything. Oh, I remember rolling my eyes one day in class, and <laughs> my mother knew about it when I walked through the door, <laughs> and I was in trouble. I was in trouble with the neighbors. I was like, and I wasn't a bad, I mean, I was a good kid. I graduated <laughs> at the top of my class, but they did not mess around. And so he always said, get a good education. You know, education can take you far. Um, my dad, we believe maybe had a sixth grade education, but we think more like third. We're not exactly sure. Wow. Um, my mother had ninth grade education. Wow. Um, but they raised all 15 of us. Um, 14 of us went to college and 10 of us finished. Yes. And so we're very grateful. We were in church a lot. Um, yeah, they didn't mess around. And, uh, my mom would take care of us at home. She cooked everything from scratch. Mm delicious food i didn't know how good i had it till it was gone till i got <laughs> on my own it's so um, true and my dad uh, was very active in a community and my parents were very active in the civil rights movement wow. so i was born in the middle of the civil rights movement and um they fought they fought for integrated schools so we could have a better opportunity mm-hmm. uh, to go to school and you know fought against the discrimination and all of that and it's it's still there, you know, but yeah. I'm glad that they fought 
for mm-hmm. me so that I could have a better better life. And so my mom and dad were like, you don't ever let anybody tell you what you can and cannot do. And I remember I was this tall in the sixth grade. So I was tall and about big as a stick. <laughs> and so none of my friends had really gotten that tall yet. And so I remember I was hunching over to talk to somebody and my mother hit me between my shoulder blades and was, don't you ever bend down to talk to anybody. Wow. You stand up straight and let them look up to you. Wow. So those little things. They stick with you. Yeah, you know, they stick with me. And then, you know, I'm number 11 in the 15. And so okay. I had all these brothers and sisters who helped and helped take care of me and teach me things and guide me. And, you know, when you're part of big family and you got 10 big brothers and sisters that are confident, you don't have a choice. You can, no, you that's know, how you, you show up. That's how you show up. And so sometimes, you know, my confidence, um, you know, people take it the wrong way, like I'm arrogant or something. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I try to make sure I'm, I'm still carrying humility with me, um, and balancing the humility and the confidence. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so sure. Yeah. that's what we've been talking about a lot on the podcast, because there's such a movement for women to like own their accomplishments and advocate for themselves and take credit where credit's due. But then Wendy's reminding me that it has to be balanced with humility and Mm-hmm. being able to acknowledge your failures and things like that so and we talk a lot about being right or effective I mean mm-hmm. there was some times where I had to ease my way into situations that I would have if I'd had my druthers I would have just showed up and said this is what we need to do mm-hmm. but uh they wouldn't have listened no so so I learned very early on okay I'm right but I'm not being effective no one's listening to me what do I do differently? How do mm-hmm. I try this differently? Yeah, and it's, and it's troubling because other people would be heard. Yes. And you're sitting here with the solution, with a better answer. And because you're a woman or you're a person of color, yeah. people have these judgments about you don't really know what you're talking about. Right. And, or it wears you out to, to think that way, to always have to be calculating how to get your, your point across. Mm-hmm. It wears you down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember at, at Bell Labs and we were working on the DAC 6. I had done my design, and of course I can't go into details, right? But I had done my design before other people had done theirs. And I had a design review, and the feedback was, oh, well, the format you have, we're gonna, we want to change it, we want to go to this, so forth and so on. And I was like, okay, so I'll do that, right? So I redid it. Oh and gosh. I had a second design review, and then I got a lot of feedback. We, we wanted back in the first place. We had lunch and decided we're going to change it. I was like, I'm not changing this again. Wow. And they're like, Well, you're you're fresh out of grad school, and you you know, blah blah this and blah blah that. And we've been here for 15 years, and I said, So why aren't your designs done? You've been here 15 years. <laughs> why am I the first one? <laughs> why am it? I the first one to have a design <laughs> review? Yeah. And so um, I was reported to my boss that I was being defensive oh, and no. I was not a collaborative team or teammate. And he didn't even share that when I went to him to say, Hey, here's what's going on. And he was like, well, I heard you were being defensive. Oh no. I said, mm, well, you tell me if you had done this back and forth. Now I'm like 24 years old. Yeah. If you had done this back and forth, how would you feel? Yeah, what would you have said? Yeah, and so, and they keep telling me they've been here 15 years. I'm never going to be here longer than them. That's right. This is not a competition. It's a team. And so why aren't they making more progress than me? And so hmm, that probably wasn't a 
the right thing to do at the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I think I maybe have marginalized myself by calling my peers out, but um, those, those are the kinds of struggles, you know, yeah. That, yeah. that I had to, to deal with and, and encounter. But I never, I never really backed down. Yeah. Right. I had just finished graduate school. Uh, well, I got married, was in graduate school, had my first son in a year and a half. All of that happened in a year and a half. Oh, my gosh. And then I came back to Bell Labs here and, you know, was working. So new wife, new mother, pretty much new career. And oh I'm God. trying to juggle all of that. And I'm getting this at work and I get home and I'm just drained. Oh, mm-hmm. totally. Completely drained. So, yeah, those are the challenges. But, you know, I just decided, you know, do I want to stay in this environment which feels toxic or do I want to do something different? So that's why I left because I was like, I can do something better than this where people yeah. will respect what I yeah. want to oh, do. Oh, yeah. Do you wish you had left earlier? You know what I actually wish I would have done? I wish I would have stuck it out a little bit more and talked because I did have a mentor I wish I had worked with my mentor and there were a couple other people who really wanted me to stay Mm -hmm. instead of me just saying okay I'm out I wish I would have challenged it a little bit more in a more um effective way like you were talking you know hindsight is 2020 and it helps me to think about okay, how could I have navigated that situation, used my support network a little bit mm. better? You know, what in what ways could I have turned it around? Not necessarily to prove anything to anybody, mm-hmm. but for myself to say, hey, I worked really, really hard to be in this position. Let me just keep digging and doing what I need to do and try to filter out, filter yeah. out the noise because mm-hmm. so, that's all it is. So, Tanya, did you ever go to your boss and in that situation and tell him, how frustrating it was I thought I had okay I thought I had but I didn't feel like I don't know that if he didn't hear me or or what I think he really wanted to support me but I don't think he knew how sure um that's a lot to take on for a manager but I and I always thought I was a lot more clear than I actually was, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. I thought I was being crystal clear. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the number of times I've gone to a boss and I've left and they said, I didn't even know you weren't happy. I said, I was in your office three or four times. Mm-hmm. And was I really that not good at telling you I was unhappy? But I don't have that problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I I have gotten point that sometimes maybe I'm too direct and I'm too clear and I'm wow. too transparent. Uh, um, I've gotten, uh, feedback that I went and talked to a superior and I was mad at him. (laughs) I was like, I was not mad. I was expressing the concerns of the team and I called some things out, but I think, um, yeah, so uh, yeah, mad I at him. What? Like, how old are you? That's I so know. Weird. Seriously, what are we I five? You were mad at me? <laughs> what? Yeah. If someone said that to me at work, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna tell you like it is. However, you get more bees with honey than you do vinegar, mm-hmm. right? And so I have to leave the vinegar at home, mm-hmm. leave it in the closet, and still try to express the concerns that the team may have or whatever. In a way that is received well, right? Well, and I do remember, Tanya, (laughs) I would say, I would prepare people for how direct, because the older I got, the less I cared if you didn't (laughs) like it. 
<laughs> so then I got really good. And you wait till I get a big thing of water. I know. I'm before. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'll never forget. I would say to customers, I now I'm really direct. I'm a, a quiet taste. They come to love that about me. <laughs> because you're going to know exactly where you stand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But know that if I'm in it, I'm being passionate about what we're in. Right? Well, I'm, I'm passionate about what we need to change. And I'm going to fight for it. Like, I hope you're going to fight for it. Right. And, and it would, it'd be rarely they could come back and go, well, you're just too direct. I told you, you big dummy. I told you I was direct. It was, it would, yes. it really helped. Yes. So I, yes. But I, sometimes people are, you know, are sensitive and, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to intimidate anybody. And I'm, you know, I've been told that I have this big personality and my voice is booming. I'm loud. Yes. <laughs> but I had to be loud to be heard in my mama's house, right? With oh, all of us. Right. So if you wanted to be heard, you better learn how to talk over. <laughs> and not only over, but you better listen to all the other conversations that's going on at the same time. Oh, my like, God. Like, that's what I grew up in. And a meeting, a tech meeting, is just like that. You have to fight to be heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. so true. That has totally been my experience in tech meetings. Right. And, um, excuse me, does not work. No. <laughs> I learned no. that the hard way. Right. That and the first time you boom, it's like, they're like, oh, my oh God. yeah. <laughs> and they, they want to hear you anyway because it's like. Oh, I physically had a guy move his chair back from me before. <laughs> and I, at first I was a little upset about it. And then I thought, well, you just can't handle power. I'm sorry. You just can't handle the power. I, you can't handle the power. <laughs> Poor yes, thing. Indeed. I'm just I just think we waste so much time, Tanya. I love how you come across because you're gonna know where you stand with you. And people I find that nine out of ten people like that. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I think so. I I wanna know. Yeah. I wanna know. Um some people want you to be direct and they respect that and they appreciate it. And some people can be offended by it. Yeah. And so my objective is to balance that. Right. And read um, the situation. And what uh, is the gold shirt again? So basically it's like a metaphor for the, uh, at, like athletic red shirts. Yes. Do you know what an athletic red yes. shirt is? Yeah. This is the first academic red shirt program in the country. That is so neat. Yes. So it's for students who want to study engineering, who applied, uh, and CU Boulder has such high admission standards. Oh, you know, y'all I'll are brainiacs, you. man, <laughs> um, that they may, what we call the next tier student who has a strong desire. Um, you know, they work hard. They've done the best they can at the schools and their school may have been under-resourced. You know, we sure. have a lot of young people who come from schools that don't have the best uh, courses, the best teachers, the best materials. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to give them another chance. And a lot of those students come from backgrounds that are underrepresented in engineering. I was going to ask, what was the makeup? Yeah. So, you know, like there's a lot of women students, uh, first generation students, low income students, students of color, you know. And so um, this is an opportunity to say, let, let's try to diversify. But in that first year, there's a specialized curriculum. So they take courses that are in engineering that they get credit for, but they also take courses that help them to be more successful in those classes. Nice. So it's trying, it's, it's trying to give them that year of preparation. It's a and, primer. I love yes. it because it's a five-year program. Yeah. I, it's fabulous. And you know what? People say, oh, yeah, it's a five-year program. It took me four and a half years to get my engineering oh, degree. Yeah, exactly. And there's some people who just take five who are not gold shirt. Exactly. And a lot I, of people. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, boy, the number I my I know daughter so. I think is headed towards another semester. And so I'm I'm like, quit racing. Like, if you're gonna be an engineer and you know this, like you gotta be good at what you're doing. You cannot cut corners. You can't be making C's in all your classes. That's it. Like you've got to do better, and you gotta you know take your time and like do do it the right way. I tell people, you see that highway on US 36? Collapsed. Yeah. Somebody didn't engineer that right. That's right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I want to know who. Because that I, it would okay. be interesting. I heard, I, it, I heard it was an Australian company. Uh, really? That they did a, a private, public kind of neg- uh, aye, agreement. Aye, aye. That's what I heard. I'm not going on the record to say that. Sure, sure. But I'm like, whoever did that needs to be fired and get their license removed. Right. And maybe they should have been gold shirt. <laughs> and and it helped them a little bit. Yes. Yeah, well we have, you know, I have a student who's should be finishing medical school to be an orthopedic surgeon. Um one student who just got their master's degree from UC Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Um so cool. Students doing all kinds of wonderful work oh, yeah. all over. Christina, shout yeah. out kicking ass at Ann Hauser. Yeah, go Christina. <laughs> I know she's gonna hear this. Yes, yeah, she is. Um, but yeah, so we have some pretty amazing students. And the thing is, they start out, but you know what? After they're done with that academic year. They're in the they're engineering ready, curriculum and they're, they're, they're working just like everybody else. Right. Does. You're helping them get from zero to 60 yeah. without doing it as a freshman, figuring out the whole campus mm-hmm. and engineering at the same time. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. And so we bring them in as a community, as a cohort. They live and learn together. They, so when they, and they have a summer bridge program. And you we figured do. all this out. Well, I had a little help. I didn't do it all on my own. Of course. That's very kind of you to say. (laughs) Yes, yes. And so, you know, what we found, though, they don't ever go away. You know, you have the first year. And the first year, we're thinking, okay, now they're on their own. Now they get a new group. Yeah. No, the second year, they're coming back. The third year. And so we just decided, okay, we need to figure out what the needs are all the way through to help them. Mm -hmm. And some students are fine, and some want to come back and... And then they want to, you know, help the younger students. And, sure. And so it is a community. And that's what we're trying to continue to foster. That's how I grew up. How do you think I got good in math? That's right. I did I did homework with my older sister. She's two years older than me. So she taught me how to borrow and mm-hmm. carry and <laughs> all of that. So I was in school in math class bored. I was like, I already know this. Like, well, and Tanya, this. I wish we'd have known each other yeah. better because I would have loved to have thought that, you know, we could have gotten a group of women yes. that would have said, Tanya, you're not leaving. We're going to help you be successful, right? I yes. Mean, and mm-hmm. when I'm down, you're going to pick my butt up because <laughs> Come on, Wendy. I'm going to have my own moments where right. you need to talk me off the ledge, right? right. Yes. And I just think that's so important. And that's what you're building is that community. Yes. Community is really important with in with identity development, developing a sense of belonging. You know, when people feel like they belong in a community and people care about them, they want to be a part of. They want to help. Yeah, they wanna, it's sticky too. Yeah. And companies know this. Yes. Cultures know this now. They want it to be sticky. They don't they when somebody leaves, they want to say, I don't want to stop working with my best friend. Yeah. And and that was the thing. That was early on in my career. I'll never forget that Gallup um, poll came out and said the number one, uh, it was like an employee satisfaction, Mm -hmm. and it was 
does your best friend work work with you? Oh, I've yeah. had that on a, t- on a and it was wow. I don't want to stop seeing my best friend at work every day. <laughs> and that that when I left Bell Labs, I left my best friend at wow. Bell Labs. He was like my brother, oh, and wow. he was like, "Well, Tanya, should I leave with you?" And I'm like, "You do you. It's yeah. okay." But um, I did leave a lot of my friends, and uh, that's another thing. I think I was just hard-headed. I don't think they fought mm. for me enough. Even my, mm. my, my friends, right? Mm. You know, they were like, okay, Tanya, take a day off. Yeah. Think about it. And then spend some time talking to me. And let's talk about why you should stay, right? I wish someone would have done that oh, yeah. for me. Um, I've had Gold Search students come back and, you know, they're working in industry. And they're the only woman or they're the only person of color. I'm gonna, I want to come back and work for Bold. I was like, what I want you to do is stay where you are. And here's why. And so I talked to them about all the reasons they should stay in their uh, engineering field. Even if you don't want to do design work anymore, there's so many things that you can do. But don't let anybody push you out. You no. re- do you remember how hard you worked? Oh. Remember those nights you were in the Bull Center crying <laughs> because O'Kim was so hard? Mm-hmm. Don't let anybody take your blessing exactly. from you. Yeah. Exactly. And people say, well, I don't. Well, let's be honest. That's how we got the podcast going. Uh It's because Ronnie was talking to a woman I went to church with years ago um, about being a teacher. And I walked into the Mm -hmm. coffee shop and there she says, I'm trying to talk her into staying in the tech. Mm -hmm. you, You need to talk to her, Wendy. And it was Ronnie, before you get out, let's try it first. Yeah. And then Wendy kept me in it after my first horrible experience. Oh, yeah, that was enough. And that was a lot but of... it was the same message you it, just said. She Don't would say, I'm going to quit. I mean it, Wendy. Okay, you can. You can quit tomorrow. But Don't, Don't quit, quit, right quit today. Yes. Right? Go yep. home, have a glass of wine. Hey. And, and, <laughs> and just take a couple breaths and then come back tomorrow and maybe give it one more day before you decide. You can always quit. It's tough though, man. I'm, I remember those times where you just say, I can't take another day. Yeah. It makes such a difference though, to have somebody, Mm. a mentor to talk to, Mm -hmm. to do the same thing you were just saying. You tell students that come back what Wendy did for me. It makes such a difference. Well, what bugs me is I wish you'd had more people at your work. I just heard you Mm -hmm. say, Tanya, you wish your friends had, had kind of pushed you a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so listeners, you go out there. You you work <laughs> to keep each other together. You all you got, okay? That's it. You all we all we got. That's yes. right. My husband yes. says that all the time. Yep. We all we got. And the thing is, you can put your mind to do anything you want to do. I've had students come through the Gold Shirt program who were homeless. Wow. Did you hear me? Homeless. And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> if you can do that. You can do anything. If this person can do this and be uh. have this status of being homeless, some of the issues that the students have had, miraculous approach to how they they've done. They've just they you know what? I have no place to go but up. Wow. So you know what? I'm gonna move as many barriers as I can out of the way to make sure those young people mm-hmm. are successful. And now they can rent an apartment they can buy a home they can have food they can have a car there was one student in particular i remember had two internship offers right wow and that student came to my office and was freaking out (laughs) and i said well 
Just pick this one. This is a positive. Just pick one. <laughs> just pick one. You know? There is no wrong well, answer well, here. Well, the thing was, where am I going to live? And I said, well, we'll figure that out. She couldn't no, see past it. No, couldn't see past that. And I mean, was turning red, breaking out. And I said, okay, let's sit down and I'm going to help you solve that problem for both situations. Wow. One situation was a sure, here's where you get to live. And this other situation was, I don't know, you got to kind of figure it out. So they per, that person went with the the sure thing. Oh, I would have. Yeah. But guess what? I mean, that's all a part of it. Yeah. And so it's just amazing. It's been a testimony to me. You know, right now I'm working on my PhD in education. Wow. In learning science and human development. And I'm like, mm, I'm a wife, a mother, a grandmother. What am I doing? But, you know, when God leads you to something, mm. uh, there's there is there for a reason, a purpose. I've learned so much. I have language around some of the discrepancies and inequalities that I see, inequities that I can speak to. Um, You got a voice. Yeah, and I have a voice. And it's just just amazing. It's just amazing because I never thought I would ever be in teaching in college, being in college. Yeah. No. Yeah. (laughs) Tanya thought she was going to be a CEO running things. Yes. (laughs) And as a matter of fact, I was offered a job at Sprint in Kansas City. And the guy who interviewed me, before I left, he gave me the offer. And he says, you're going to be at the, the round table. You're going to be at the big table. Here we go. My husband didn't want to leave. Oh, He loves Colorado. He's oh, from Louisiana, it sounds too. like he is. Yeah. He and, and are you happy you're here, Neil? I am. I am you happy. You sound like you're at a good place. I am a good, I'm at a good place. I enjoy my work. I enjoy the people I work with. I have a... A funny team. They're funny. They're uh, very, very smart. And it's interesting because, you know, you talk about when we were in Bell Labs and we we're in corporate, this very staunch, like, this is work, this is work. And, you, you know, you could still have fun or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like that wasn't the primary focus. And now the group of people that I get to work with in bold, they are interested in being in relationship with each other. They're wow. interested. They care about, you know, we care about each other. And we want to spend that time because we know if you do that, work is not as stressful. You're more productive. And so I'm just really grateful for them telling me, slow down. Get to let's get to know each other. Mm-hmm. Let's do this the right way and enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. I'm like I spend more time with you all than I do with my family. I, I would do like eight hours a day and then <laughs> two hours in the car driving to and from my home. You know, we gotta have some fun. Yeah, <laughs> you know, enjoy what you're doing wow. all the time. And I do love students. Uh, and the, the the thing about this new position is I'll have less contact with students. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. And that'll be another little bit of a transition for me. I, I kind of stepped back when I hired a couple people to work in the program, but now this is even going to be more like looking broader. And so when I, and also when I applied for uh, the PhD program in the school of ed, actually I wasn't looking to do this. Somebody from the school of ed came because they were doing some research in the gold shirt program to kind of understand what was going on. And so I was like, Oh, you need to talk to these people. You need to look for this and this and this. And he, they were like, you need to be in this PhD program. I was like, ha, ha, ha. My children are in college. I'm trying to pay for them to go to school. <laughs> yes. Blah, 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 blah. And they were like, okay. Soon as my son graduated from college, the next month they came with the paperwork. <laughs> I was like, like, I can just ease into retirement. Oh, my, my god, Travel. I do not need. But you know what? When God brings you to it, he brings you through it. That's and so right. I said, okay. And so my, my degrees in engineering and my 
um, experience in industry and my experience teaching in K-12 and then running this diversity program uh, at CU Boulder, like it was so rich. I didn't even see it that way. Right. Wow. But like I, I got an opportunity to be and learn in spaces that I not believed, yeah. you know, um, right. that I could be. I'd love to end with this idea of what do we do to get more women in STEM? Mm-hmm. Because this, we've been talking about this forever. Yeah, I think it's really important at and those under early other, mm-hmm. not just women. I mm-hmm. mean, more underrepresented in, in diversity in STEM. Yeah, I think the big piece is when they're little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, elementary school. Yeah. They could be doing things. They could be looking in a microscope. They could be, you know, um, programming. You know, they could be, you know, building trebuchets and other mechanical devices. Sure. They could be taking things apart and then questioning how they work. So little things. I mean, they could be doing little science experiments. And there's a lot of people out there doing a lot of really good work, but it's very pocketed. Mm -hmm. It's not a comprehensive uh, way of bringing bringing folks together to, to earn. And I think, you know, quite frankly, in in elementary school specifically, um, in that third, fourth, and fifth grade, I think people aren't math phobic. I think our teachers are math phobic. Mm-hmm. And so if you're scared of math, you're going to communicate that you're scared of math. And then some oh. people are telling young girls, you don't belong in mm-hmm. a technical field. Girls do this, boys mm-hmm. do that. So the stereotypes are being taught at a very early age. Mm-hmm. And so first of all, we got to get people to stop saying that. The other thing is we got to, Teach people not to be afraid of math. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not a math person. I can't tell you how many times people have told me that. And I was like, yes, you are. Because you get up in the morning and get ready for work and you time it. You know how much time you need to get ready. Right. And you ebb and flow. And so in your mind, you're actually really doing some levels of calculus. to Figuring kind of it figure, all out. Figuring it all out in the moment. I said, so people won't tell you that that's mathematical. When, when you sort things, mm-hmm. you're doing math. When you are cooking, you're doing math. Mm-hmm. You're doing science. Like there's a lot. And when you are multitasking and trying to do things together, all of that is a mathematical network and model. Mm -hmm. So anytime you say you're not a math person or you're afraid of it and you communicate that to other people that they should be afraid of it, that to me is kind of the, you know, the fundamental issue. Um, I think we're telling um, our young students, students of color also that they shouldn't go to college, that you should go to a tech school or that, you know, we have issues in, um, with, with guidance counselors at some of the schools steering. So when I was in high school, I wanted to go to Georgia tech and I'm living in Louisiana. I'm a poor Hmm. little black girl in Louisiana. How am I going to get to Georgia? There was no internet back then. Mm -hmm. There was no, Oh, just Google it. (laughs) You know, anytime you picked up the phone and called long distance, you got charged. I couldn't just Mm -hmm. call Georgia. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of dating myself, but it's true. No, I am right there with you. (laughs) Yeah, and my guidance counselor did not help me. I specifically asked, did not help me. Wow. You know, my brothers and sisters went to schools primarily locally. I had one sister who went away to school in New York, a couple who went to Houston. But most people, you know, went to Southern University where I went to undergrad. And Mm so the guidance counselor would just funnel us there. And I'll never forget that. And so that's still going on. Wow. We still have people that are telling certain populations and races and ethnicities, you go this way, but you go that way. And girls don't go to tech, 
go to English or go to, mm-hmm. you know, that. Yeah. And so I think we have to own that and say, no, well, we have to stop doing that. Quit telling people what they can and can't do. And actually my mom taught me math. Now she had a ninth grade education. She taught wow. me math. Here's how. My family would play a card game called spades. And spades, you bid on how many books you think you're going to yep, make, right? I played it. Right. And so, we live the same life, girl. Oh, yes, indeed. This is my sister from another mother. It's right so here. crazy. <laughs> I, I mean, everything you say, I could say the stuff coming out of your mouth. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, if I was on a podcast, I'd say almost everything coming out of your mouth. <laughs> so did so you crazy. ever take score? Oh, of course. Okay. Yeah. So now so you great math skill. Because right. I learned, because when you don't make the books and you don't have enough points, you go under, right? Yes. So my mother taught me how to add and subtract negative numbers before I was eight years old. Yes. Oh, yeah. My we gosh. had to, too. You're right. I never thought of that. I never struggled with negative numbers. All my <laughs> friends did All my because friends we played, we played spades. <laughs> that is so funny. So, yeah. And so, you know, that's what I mean. Like my, my mom and dad, they couldn't help me with my math when I got into high school, but they, we had brothers and sisters, we had family who did. And so when I talk about this community and this idea of community, nobody is like going to get left behind. Unless you want to be left that's behind. Right. So um, that's how I know. And so when, when I come to College of Engineering mm-hmm. and I say, we're going to do group study. We're going to help each other. We're going to have mm-hmm. these, you know, study groups. We're going to help each other out. It's yeah. foreign. But Keith was like, I want to do my own thing. I don't want to be forced into, okay, yeah. you don't have to be part of community, but you see it works. Yeah. yeah. I think of you as the ultimate um <laughs> Superwoman of all <laughs> underdogs. I am. I go I for the underdog. The, I, I do. The way you talk, it is. I. I mean, you. If it was two teams, you're gonna go for the underdog. I'm going for the underdog. I am gonna right? go well, for the underdog. Okay, Unless right? I don't like the underdog. <laughs> if it's a Dallas Cowboys, right. I'm I, not going. I, for I totally it. get it. Fair enough. So, how do we get more of these gold shirt? style programs probably wouldn't be gold at another place obviously mm-hmm. but at other universities because so, i think it makes such an impact because i think about like christina and being in like that pool where you don't like you didn't quite make the qualifications you're just below but she's like one of the hardest working most passionate like she didn't doubt for a second that she wanted to be a chemical engineer that whole time meanwhile i was like i don't know what i want to do <laughs> She was like, I'm doing this. And she's so successful now. Wow. And it's, I really think it's because of the gold shirt program. Thank you. Thank you. And so I, I, one, one thing that's going on right now is that we have replicated the program at five other universities. Oh, you have? Okay. Yes. Yes. We have. Just um, in Colorado? No, actually University of Washington, Washington State, University of Illinois, University of California, San Diego, and Boise State University. Wow. And they... It's, it's, we formed a consortium of universities called Red Shirting and Engineering. And so everybody has a different name. So mm-hmm. the Washington program is the Washington Stars program. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to mess somebody up. One is Sage, one is Arise. But um, they all have their twist on what we're doing as CU Boulder. So CU mm-hmm. Boulder was like, the brainchild of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. We, I was just in DC presenting to the national science foundation because we got a grant from the national science foundation to expand it. It was first, uh, CU, WSU and UW. And then we got the consortium and we had, we added three more universities. And over the last three years, we have 
provided additional scholarships and service over 400 students, 468 students. Wow. And so now there's other universities who want to do it. And we're trying to figure out how do we do a conference and workshop so that we can teach people the model and hopefully have them adopt that. The issue, the thing is, it is expensive. I mean, you have to have scholarship money. You have to have mm-hmm. faculty, staff, mm-hmm. you know, it's right. what we call high touch. So we're going to have relationships with these folks. Mm-hmm. A lot of universities are not comfortable with that. They are like thinking it's a factory model where mm-hmm. we're producing. We're just going to put you through this factory and out mm-hmm. spits an engineer. Right. I don't necessarily know your name. Uh, and people ask me all the time, how do you know every Gold Shirt student's name? Because I talk to them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's why. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that's that's what we're trying to do is try to figure out a way where other universities can just copy what we're doing, but they have to be able to invest human resources mm-hmm. to, to build this because it doesn't just happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I love it. Could you do it without the scholarship money or would you just not be able to, it wouldn't be, you wouldn't be able to help the lower income students, obviously. Yeah. Well, you could do it without a scholarship. I don't know if you have that many Applicants. people because, um, a lot of our students are high need. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So I don't know. I guess you could because there's some students who may not need it. But with the program that we have with NSF, they gave us additional scholarship dollars. Mm. So I can give them gold shirt and I can get them this other one. And I think by giving them a layered amount of scholarship dollars that that's you know, able to keep them from going to work at Target. While they're trying to get their degree. So you can just not have to work and study. Yeah. And so that's That's an approach to retention. Yeah. Totally. Because, you know, if, if they don't, if they have to work, it's like, okay, now you're really going to be in a position where you may struggle more because you have all these students, again, you're competing with, That don't have to work. Um, when I was in school, the gold shirt program kids lived in the same dorm as the engineering honors program mm-hmm. kids. Was that intentional? I was always curious about it that. It was intentional okay. at first. And there was some good and there was some bad with that. I think our students encountered a lot of microaggressions where yeah. you know people would say that they were remedial and they what they weren't. And you're not, you're not, you're not. Um, and so I think socially it, it wasn't comfortable. Mm. It wasn't as comfortable that I, as what I would like it to be. Yeah. And I think they really tried. I think the, the faculty there really tried to embrace the Gold Star students or whatever. But I think there was just, you know, culture of students in the honors program who are high SES, you know, wealthy um, and just have a different. The cultures were just different. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I get it. Were you in that program? I was in the Engineering Honors Program. How did it go? So what, what, how... What's your opinion? You asked me that question. <laughs> what's your opinion? I'm going to interview um, you. <laughs> by the end of it, I think I was. it had a little bit of like an elitist mm. vibe. Like mm-hmm. a little bit like, oh, we're honors program. We're like better than everybody kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was kind of like at the bottom of like that group. <laughs> like how'd I get in here? Yeah. Kind of like how'd I get in yeah. here? How'd I sneak in here? Yeah. And I ended up, Christina ended up being my best friends in the dorm. She was in the culture oh. program. Yeah. Okay. So, cool. but it really benefited us because we totally had like different ways of approaching the problems we had. Like Christina was much more like 
tenacious, like we're going to put our head down and like figure this Mm -hmm. out and use all of our resources. And then I was a little bit more like analytical and like able to kind of teach it to myself through the textbook. So together we were able to get through. Well, I'm glad y'all are good friends. Oh yeah. She really saved my ass in uh, (laughs) controls. She did. That's when when I, my senioritis was in full effect. I was diagnosed senioritis (laughs) and Christina dragged my butt. Through, through controls, controls. <laughs> yes. that's funny you are going to get through this oh yeah because we always most of our classes we had the experience where it like it clicked a little bit quicker for me mm. than christina and she would in controls like it clicked for her right away and i was like what the heck is going on so <laughs> <laughs> but you see the friendship the relationship mm-hmm. that you all had this ebb and flow mm-hmm. this yin and yang that you yeah. wouldn't let each other fail yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, oh, yeah. Even if you only have right. one other person. That's right. But wouldn't it be great to have 20 other people? Yes. Wouldn't it? Yes. Wouldn't it? Amazing. So good. Well, thank you for sharing that. You kind of <laughs> put me on the spot with that one. So. <laughs> it's okay. You put me back on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this and letting us interview you. And yeah, it's been such a great conversation. Yes. Yeah, it's been more of a conversation yeah. than an interview, so it, yeah. I appreciate it. We usually just let it flow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank yes. you so much for inviting me. Yes. And We can't uh, wait to see what you're going to do at the Bowl Center. Well, yes. thank you. What we are going to do. It's That's not right. all about me. It's That's the students, right. it's the staff, and the faculty want to engage, and so I'm delighted. I can't wait. I can't wait well, to see it. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, it's our fun segment, the Big Girl Faux Pas. Yes, and we have our guest. Actually, we're just going to call you the third host. Yeah. Wow, that is awesome. I've been promoted. Yes, (laughs) so we have our third host, Chris, here to read the Big Girl Faux Pas. Well, this Big Girl Faux Pas comes from Alana. It says, Wendy and Ronnie, welcome back. I have just binge listened to the last three episodes, and it's a huge relief to know that Wendy is cancer-free. Yay! That's how we feel too. Well, Ronnie, I wanted to say to you, once upon a time, I had a smart car. We called her Bean and she served me so well. While I'm sure that you can rock the Vespa, smart (laughs) cars have awesome cheap leases that require 0% down. Just a thought. Wow. Damn. Thanks, Alana. Hey. Yeah, I needed that transportation advice because I almost bought a Vespa for a child, so... (laughs) Um, Alana goes on to say that she's not sure that this is a faux pas, but it's funny and she thought she'd like to share. Okay. When I was in college, I had an internship doing construction management. Picture me. Young, 21, working out of a trailer with mm, 10 other dudes. (laughs) One day I was at the printer and bent down to refill the paper. Rip. My jeans blew a six-inch hole in the butt. Oh, no. I didn't even check to see if anyone was there. I quickly walked into a room and grabbed the nearest sweatshirt, tied it around my waist, marched straight up to my boss, and asked if I could run a quick errand using the company car. I'd ridden my bike to work. Go figure. (laughs) Fortunately, my boss put two and two together, seeing the sweatshirt tied awkwardly around my waist, I jumped in the company car, drove home to my parents' house. This was summer in college, so I was living there at the time. The best part was when I backed up the driveway, there was a beeping noise coming from the car. 
This was a company construction pickup truck. My <laughs> younger brother and a few of his friends met me at the front door, curious as to why I was home in the middle of the day. Oh, my God. This doesn't even seem like a big deal now as I write this, but I remember feeling hum- humiliated. Well, Alana, ripped pants are humiliating. <laughs> On a boy. Chris, you're supposed to say something nice to make her feel better. On a boy or a girl, he's saying. It doesn't matter it's- sex. It is bad for everybody. <laughs> and from the male audience, I will say to you, Alana, it is not a faux pas. It's a tough day, and we're with you. <laughs> okay, that was better. That was better. The funny thing is, the further you are away from this, the easier it is to me. You know, away I, from what? From this happening, the older you get, you kind of oh. can start to laugh about it. Right, and You can start right, right. to go, remember that time I split my pants? Yes, yes, yes. Thanks, Chris. You can leave now. You're welcome, <laughs> ladies. Go make that big girl money. Okay. We're working on it. <laughs> So, way to go. We are ready for our big girl spotlight. Yes. So, I love this for two reasons. We're really highlighting two different things. Because two birds, one stone. The article that came up was from a blog Mm -hmm. from a website called amightygirl.com. I like that. Okay. And the tagline for them was, is the world's largest collection of books, Toys and movies for smart, confident, and courageous girls. Ooh. Isn't that neat? I like it. So the co-founders, Carolyn Dankart and Aaron Smith, live in Washington, D.C. And they created this a Mighty Girl website after years struggling to find empowering and inspirational books for their four young nieces. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the coolest? Yes. And they believe all children should have the opportunity to read books, play with toys, listen to music, and watch movies that offer positive messages about girls and honor their diverse capabilities. Right? That's how I feel. That's great. I know. And so their blog promoted a story on NASA's newest class of 12 astronaut candidates that include five inspiring women. Okay. So NASA has like... They have different classes every year. Yes, I of guess astronauts. It's, yeah, I guess it's a new class that, that that's training. added, kind of like a school class. You know, like a junior freshman class comes okay. in, and they're like small. It's only like yeah, 12 it's people. only twelve. Okay. And guess how many applicants there were? Uh, five hundred. A record-breaking eighteen thousand. Oh my God! Isn't that amazing? That's yeah. So, so it's like the most competitive job. Oh, in the totally. entire world. Totally, it's okay. astronaut. Right, you know, there was a uh, five thousand applicants to be your co-host for this podcast, <laughs> and I got the job. So you are so not right. to brag, but mm. I was not featured on this. And website. I think your nose just grew a little tiny bit. <laughs> okay, so the astronaut candidates actually have two more years of training before they're ready to actually go into space. Okay, right? They're little baby astronauts. Is that yes? Just growing their little baby butterfly wings and then they're gonna fly into space right these five women inspiring women are uh, an engineer and a navy officer a marine scientist a microbiologist helicopter pilot an aerospace engineer a research engine engineer and a wilderness first responder wow. and a geologist and a curiosity collaborator 
What's a curiosity collaborative? I, I can wonder. only imagine. But Impressive, I love sure. this whole group of women that were so diverse and so interesting. Yeah, I love it too. So please check these ladies out. And the website, A Mighty Girl, they listed an amazing set of girl empowering books and toys about being an astronaut, Aww. such as Maisie's Moon Landing by Lucy Cousins. That's for three to five year olds. <laughs> it had an astronaut suit that they could actually put on. Oh my it's God. So cute. That sounds adorable. And something I want Constellation knee socks. <laughs> <laughs> and why do you want those? Because Wendy? they were so cool. <laughs> they had the Constellation on navy blue socks. Wouldn't you love that? <laughs> you are easy to please. I, I feel am. like you're one of those people that I could, like, okay, it's your birthday. I need yes. to get you a gift. Yes. I literally feel like I could get anything, and you would be like, this is so cool. <laughs> That's how my dad is, too. Like, Because I love gifts. Christmas morning, everything he opens, he's like, this is so cool. It doesn't matter what it is. I know. I just love the fact that you thought of me. Well, we did get knee-high socks. Yes, we did. Terry Diamond, who yes, introduced us. at our us. last, at our party. Yep. Thanks for the socks, Terry. We love them. Oh, oh. We love them. Yes. So remember, ladies, check out, and gentlemen the listen, check <laughs> out amightygirl.com because yes. it is a fabulous website, and we want to congratulate the newest set of five astronaut candidates who are female. Yes. Love it. Love it. So thank you so much for being with us for this episode of Big Girl Money. We are so tickled that you joined us. And remember, if you like the program and the episode, please leave us a rating because Mm -hmm. that's how other people find out about us. Mm -hmm. Share it with your friends. And like us. (laughs) That little thing where you go like. You always say like us. I'm curious what platform... What do you mean? Oh, you're like right. Us? Like in Facebook, <laughs> but it's on podcast, pod beans, something, something. <laughs> Basically, if you see our picture and there's a like button next to it, do just it. Go ahead and hit it. Wherever just, you are. And if there's like some star action, five stars, wherever you are, you know what you're doing. <laughs> and tune in next time. Yes. Thanks thank for you. listening. Mm-hmm.